Sure, we remember Scooby-Doo and Penny from Inspector Gadget solving crimes. But how feasibly did we really think that was? Guess what? It's true. There are, in fact, some kids that have solved some cases. Listen to hear the story of how a young group of kids walked their neighborhood to help find a lost elderly woman with dementia. We'll also talk about a 12-year-old who confronted a person who was suspected to have burglarized her grandmother's house. Next on Technically a Conversation. Greetings, super friends. Welcome to yet another episode of Technically a Conversation. Here, we like to share an interesting topic with each other, which we've recently learned and hope you find it interesting too. I'm one half of your hosts, Isela. Joining me as always is the busiest man in New Mexico, (laughs) Jose. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good. Today was like nice and cool. I don't even think we broke 85 today. Can you believe I didn't even go outside once today? So I have no idea (laughs) what the weather was. Like, is it daytime? What is it? (laughs) I tell you, man, I'm ready for Dirinkuyo to go live over there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was more of like a research project for you than anything else. (laughs) Let's see how many days I could stay indoors without leaving my house. (laughs) Without getting jaundice. Brief reminder to everybody, we still have that opportunity to win your very own super cool Technically a Conversation t-shirt. Tell them what they got to do, Jose. It's really easy. Just leave us a review. Send us a screenshot to one of our socials. We're at Greetings TAC everywhere. We'll read it on the show. And once you get 25 reviews, we'll do a drawing and give the winner a (laughs) Technically a Conversation t-shirt. So check out technicallyaconversation.com or the show notes for all the deets. And to those of you that have already left us a review, thank you. Thank you so much, guys. And you know what time it is. You know what time it is. It's shout out time. Here's the list, y'all. The loyal, the royal. Queens, Elena and Erica. The Duke. Stephen B. ContraZoom Pod Podcast. And Rick. <laughs> Thank you for sharing our posts on your social media. Thank you. (laughs) In the last episode that I did was about the theft of the Mona Lisa. I mentioned Inspector Gadget a couple of times, right, jokingly. And it made me think of Penny. Do you remember that character, Jose? I do. The little blonde girl with pigtails? Yes. Okay, good. How old would you guesstimate that character was? I think look-wise... She was probably maybe like five or six, but I think intelligence-wise, she was maybe like 12. Great. So that last one, I think, is closer to what I found on one of the fandom sites. We'll link it in the show notes. This was a little bonus fun fact. Did you know that she was Inspector Gadget's niece? I did know that. Oh, I didn't know that. You (laughs) (laughs) Bling, bling, bling. All right, cool. I used to love Inspector Gadget as a kid, so... I liked it too, but I think I was still learning like English or something. I don't think I knew she was his niece. So she's like part robot or like what's going on? (laughs) Anyway, I don't know. So Penny is said to be about 10 years old. And then it said in the later years that she was growing up to be about 12 years old. My question to you now, 
is in a non-cartoon life, right? The real world. How feasible do you think that is for a 12-year-old to solve crimes? I don't think it's very likely. Although <laughs> Penny and Nancy Drew have made it seem flawless and easy. When I was 12, I don't think I even knew how to wipe myself properly. So <laughs> let alone knew how to solve crimes. Oh, see, 12-year-old you was looking for that bidet answer that you got like 20 years later or something. If I could only have had the bidet when I was 12, it would have solved a lot of problems. But then you would have never known how to properly wipe. <laughs> True. <laughs> Just kidding. So do you remember that cartoon Scooby-Doo also? I think there was uh, some other young kids that were solving crimes, right? The youngest one was 15, Daphne, I think. No, um, Velma. And then Daphne was like 16. Do you remember them? Yeah, all the other ones looked older. They looked like they were seniors, maybe. But I do think Daphne, yeah, she looked like she was like a freshman or sophomore or something. So one of the websites that I had went to, they said Velma was 15, Daphne was 16, Fred and Shaggy were 17. But yeah, Fred had like that stubble thing going on. That was Shaggy. Shaggy looked like he was like 22. Yeah, you're right. Shaggy looked like he had just flunked out and he was like a fifth year senior. <laughs> <laughs> You know what Shaggy reminded me of? Of that creepy guy that always hangs out with high school kids, like that he's already like graduated or whatever, yeah. and he's just kind of a creepy guy that hangs out with high school kids. That's what he kind of reminded me of. Yeah, he could have been. This is actually not a thing of fiction, amigo. This is what we're going to talk about in today's episode. We're going to chat about some surprising and cool cases where kids have solved cases. <laughs> oh, wow. I know. Any uh, any early thoughts you want to share about this uh, header? Well, no, I was just going to say it sounds very Nickelodeon. Yeah. Because I remember when I would watch Nickelodeon, it always seemed like it was a bunch of kids doing something or doing things that I knew I could never do. Right. Okay. Trust me, when I was going through these stories, I was like, this is one of them in particular was ballsy as all hell. And we'll talk about that as we go through it. But okay, cool. I'm glad I wasn't the only one that was like, uh, I don't think I could do this. <laughs> so we're going to ease into it and I'll share some cutesy stories that are a little bit short and then I'm going to save uh, one of the best ones towards the end. Sounds good. Most of these stories come from episode 147 of Criminal. Oh my God, you guys have to listen to it. It's really cool. <laughs> or you can just listen to this synopsis. <laughs> or you can listen to it after you're done listening to this episode. But don't leave this episode to go listen to that. Right, right. We know when you pause it, guys. Don't do it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So the first one on deck is Griffith Steele. His story started out much like any seven-year-old's Saturday, a trip to Lowe's with dad. <laughs> first, they stopped at a local gas station, Speedway, to get Griffith a cherry-flavored Gatorade. Okay, pause. Once I heard this, I knew this kid was smart because cherry's always the best flavor. <laughs> I always have to go for the blue coconut. Oh, I don't think I've had that one. But actually, that's a lie. No, you guys got to try the cucumber lime. Oh, that one is good. Okay, good. <laughs> you know, actually, I don't know if there's a blue coconut Gatorade, but I would always get like the blue coconut, whatever of the slushies or slurpees or whatever. Blue is a good flavor. <laughs> it is. Blue number 17. It's the best. That's funny. <laughs> Little Griffith downed his drink pretty quickly. I guess he was thirsty. Threw the empty bottle in the trash of the gas station. Respect, Little Griffith. I'm really happy that you didn't litter. <laughs> Although he could have recycled. Oh, that's true. Come on, it's plastic. 
<laughs> Give the kid a break. He's like 10 years old. I'm kidding. Sure, anyway. Sure. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So when he threw it away in the trash, he noticed a ton of money in the trash can. Eyeballing it, he said it was probably a good $10,000 in the trash can. He told his dad and his dad went over to look at the trash can and he was shocked. Well, they both were really. The dad was trying to figure out how not to call attention diving into the trash can, right? <laughs> so he said, well, let me just take the whole bag. It looked like it was pretty new anyway. The cash had a ton of red dye on it and it was hot to the touch. So they knew it was very recent that the cash was dumped in here. The dye pack must have just gone off in the last 10 minutes. They quickly called 911. Turns out there was a bank robbery close by. Thanks to them finding the money and a quick call to the authorities, the robber was found nearby. And they were able to match up that robber to a second prior robbery. <laughs> so he was actually convicted of grand larceny, two counts of entering a bank with intent to steal, and second degree burglary. I think if I was a kid, I would have kept my mouth shut, taken as many of those bills and then <laughs> thrown them in the washing <laughs> machine and literally laundered that money to see if I can get that red dye no. off. <laughs> That's so funny. As a 10-year-old, that would have been my dream. That's kind of cool. He did get a $250 reward from the bank as a token of appreciation, which is kind of cool. And then he got one of those giant oversized checks, you know, that <laughs> was probably bigger than him. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like little Griffith is known in the house also to like know where everything is. The mom was also interviewed and she was like, yeah, he always knows where my keys are, the remote controls, even our tennis rackets. And that he just loves to help. I mean, he just sounds like a good kid. Yeah, definitely. Much better than I would have been. Right? I hate to say it. I was like, dude. I was already thinking of stealing the money and laundering it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Otra vieso. Yeah. <laughs> a little deviant over there. The next story ups the ante a little bit more. This one comes from a Mental Floss article. Link in the show notes. Takes place in Stratford, Connecticut. 11-year-old Rebecca... Tipierto, hopefully that I said her name right, <laughs> my apologies if I didn't, lived in a neighborhood where there had been a string of burglaries. Naturally, the police come around door to door, asking the residents what they had seen, perhaps any suspicious cars, peoples coming around. When they got to Rebecca's house, she did say she could remember somebody that seemed a little bit out of place. They asked if she could describe him, and she said, I got one better for you. She said, give me a minute. I'm going to Crayola 64 this for you. <laughs> <laughs> so my question to you is, at 11 years old, Jose, did you uh, draw pretty well? Nope. I can't draw pretty well now. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can't either. Same. I was a business major. <laughs> <laughs> I have to show you this stick figure drawing that she drew. It's adorable. It's definitely not Da Vinci, but she actually did capture some some features that allowed the cops to match that drawing, that stick figure drawing to the actual perpetrator. <laughs> so it led to that guy and he eventually confessed to 10 burglaries. Damn, that homie was busy. Yeah, he wasn't fucking around. No, <laughs> yes, he was not. <laughs> and thanks to Rebecca, they were also able to recover several of the stolen items from most of those burglaries. <laughs> I thought that was really cute. <laughs> Early thoughts on your the two early stories already. Do tell. No, I think they're pretty cute. 
the first one, I wouldn't go so far as to say that, oh, I feel like he solved the crime. I think he just discovered the money. And was an upstanding kid, for sure. Definitely. Much better person than I would have been at 10. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the second one I do think is really cute that she busted out her crayons and drew the perpetrator. <laughs> I thought it was adorable, too. Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> so this next one, I got to tell you what's coming up because I think we should break because this is too good to stop in the middle, but it involves little sixth grader straight up going up to the perpetrator. Oh my God, you're not going to want to miss it. But let's cut to a commercial. Then you can hear the whole story in its entirety when we come back. If you like all things spooky, then check out A Spooky Tales, hosted by us, Christina. And MJ, where we talk about all things spooky, paranormal stories, haunted places, myths, and legends. Listen to guests tell us their scary stories. And I hear them call me by, by my name. So I run into the kitchen to check, and there's nobody there. And I start to, like, hear... Like my closet door start to open. Oh hell no! Like, oh, my God. Inside. oh hell no! All of a sudden, for no reason, I woke up in the middle of the night. Like my eyes just snapped open, and it's that strange feeling that you have when something wakes you up. You and you don't know what has woken you up until you either see what it was or you hear whatever it was. There are new episodes every Friday. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts, as well as at SpookyTales.com. Do you have a passion, obsession, curiosity? Welcome to The Nerd Expansion, a weekly podcast expanding the definition of nerd one interview at a time. Hosted by your new favorite weird couple, Nick Bowen and Sasha Weiss. Each week, we interview a new guest who is a self-proclaimed nerd on topics ranging from ancient Egypt, musical theater, the New York City subway system, Pokemon, and many, many more. The more niche, the better. Being a nerd is less about the subject and more about how they feel about the subject. What is their nerd love's origin story? What fuels their passion? Where has their curiosity led them? Is it just an obsession, or did it guide the trajectory of their future? Warning, the answers may shock you. Episodes are released every Tuesday, and you can listen for free anywhere you get your podcasts. We appreciate your support in whatever form you can give. If you want to go beyond listening, visit our Patreon page for bonus content, blog posts, and even live chats at patreon.com slash thenerdexpansion. You can also help by following us on Instagram at The Nerd Expansion, on Twitter at Nerd Expansion, and subscribing, rating, and reviewing on Apple Podcasts. We are always looking for new interviewees to join the Nerd Expansion Pack. So if you have a great nerd love, don't hesitate to contact us via our website, www.thenerdexpansion.com, or email us directly at thenerdexpansionpodcast at gmail.com can't wait to have you join us and show us your nerdies the nerd expansion and we're back <laughs> that was your break 
Good. Just wondering what's going on with this crazy sixth grader. Oh my gosh. Her name is Jessica Maple. This one was my favorite one. And then there's, a, there's another one that was just more like heartwarming. Here we go. Let's get into it. 11 years ago, Jessica Maple was in the sixth grade in Fitzgerald, Georgia. Her only wish for the summer was that she wanted to do a policy debate camp, as all sixth graders would, right? That was number one <laughs> on my list, yeah. Right, okay. When I heard that, I was like, okay, I love this little girl, because I don't even know what the hell that is, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine her being a member of the Young Republicans, too. I don't know if that's true, but we're going to find out, I guess. <laughs> I should go find her. <laughs> When her mom excitedly told her that the county was holding the annual junior district attorney camp, it didn't go really well with Jessica because, of course, she wanted to go to the policy debate camp. This really opened my eyes to how differently I grew up to other uh, Caucasians, I guess, (laughs) in this this country. (laughs) And I wasn't even allowed to go outside, let alone go to camp. Did you even know what a district attorney was back then? Hell no. I didn't either. I was still playing with Barbies, I'm pretty sure. I barely know my parents when I was sixth grade. (laughs) (laughs) You could barely ID them. That's funny. (laughs) Back to the story. Her mom had signed her up, and despite Jessica not wanting to go, she still had to go. So I I respect that. Moms, we got to do what we got to do. You know what? You don't like it. I don't care. You're going anyway. Right? It's one of those things. On the first day, she was issued a uniform. A badge. What? Things were already starting to look up. Once you get a badge, right? (laughs) Get this. The uniform was an oversized blazer, khakis, a polo shirt. I mean, it really does sound like a mini Tiger Woods, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) So it's already sounding adorable. And I still want a badge, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) The actual DA welcomed the class and explained at the end of the class, or at the end of the camp, rather, They were basically going to be little junior district attorneys. (laughs) So I already felt like this was already adorable because I love that they loved it and they were all pumped. I definitely still would not have known what they (laughs) they did. Jessica immediately loved every part of this camp. Every day went the same way. The mom would pick her up and Jessica would tell her everything about what happened, who was there, you know, who she got to meet, what she learned, all the fun field activities. That is, until one day, her mom picked up Jessica and was noticeably upset. The mom went on to share that her own mother, which is Jessica's grandmother, had her house burglarized. Jessica's mom naturally felt violated since this was her home where she grew up, celebrated birthdays, shared great moments, and Jessica saw how it affected her mom and she wanted to help. Get this, Jose. They didn't steal small, typical things like jewelry, the big TV, you know, the typical things. They stole a dining room set. Oh, shit. (laughs) They stole also her living room set, the couch. I mean, they went big, literally. (laughs) Yeah, they were redecorating or something, no? Yeah, 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 exactly. They were freaking relocating her, if anything. (laughs) The sofa, I'm telling you, they even stole the bedroom sets, washer, dryer. They even stole the oven for crying out loud. Oh, shit. Pobre abuelita. (laughs) When Jessica was talking to the police, she kind of got the feeling that they were insinuating 
someone gave a key to someone because there were no signs of a break-in or any kind of forced entry. The police left Jessica and her mom at the grandmother's house, and Jessica punched in for duty. She looked around really carefully. She found three fingerprints on the garage. Boom, Cap's already paying off. (laughs) She recalled that the prints could be sent to GBI, and if there's a match, bada-bing, bada-boom. Bon Jovi. Exactly. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) They would be able to find out who broke in. GBI is the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. She called the cops. She said, hey, guys, come back. I found some fingerprints. You know what they told her? Let the police do their job. Yeah, well. Sweetheart. Sweetheart, yeah. How long ago was this? No, this was 11 years ago. Let the (laughs) coppers do the job, sweetheart. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to play you a little clip. Kids look cuter when they're playing with their dolls, sweetheart. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. They're cuter when you're quiet. No, okay. Okay, (laughs) I'm going to play the clip. Uh, That's not enough. We need at least like, you know, seven fingerprints. (laughs) It's going to take entirely too long. Can you believe that? They told her they at least need seven fingerprints. Get out of here, mentirosos. Lazy. Was that Inspector Pinga or whatever from uh, the Da Vinci, <laughs> the stolen Da Vinci? <laughs> yeah, Louis Laping. Yeah, Louis Lapinga. Lapinga. He only needed three, uh, or no, he only had one partial fingerprint, huh? He somehow made it work. I call bullshit. I know. I feel bad. If Louis Lapinga could do it, then so can the GBI. <laughs> if we could resurrect him from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica had a newfound confidence anyway and told herself she had the tools to solve this crime. I mean, how is this not inspirational? It's adorable. She walked around the house taking meticulous notes of everything that was taken. Her and her mom compared the rooms to pictures from the mom's childhood. After the careful cataloging, Jessica cleverly thought to check out all of the pawn shops around town. Thankfully, this is a tiny town. So by all pawn shops, I meant really three of them. (laughs) The first stop was a pawn shop that's conveniently located on the same street as her grandmother's house. What? Of course they're going to go there first. (laughs) The mother was happy to oblige Jessica, so they both hop in the car and off they went to the pawn shop. Skirt! (laughs) They went in and what did they find? The dining room set. Yes, they found the living room and the dining room set. Good guess. (laughs) I'm surprised myself. That was just the first thing that popped into my mind. (laughs) (laughs) You're clairvoyant now. (laughs) The mom took out, again, some pictures just to make sure before she starts like owning things, right? And claiming things. They compared the picture. It's definitely the same one. The pawn shop owner saw that they were hanging around both of these dining room and living room sets and asked if he could help them in any way. And Jessica, I love how Jessica's the one responding and talking to everybody, by the way. (laughs) Jessica responds, not her mom. And she says, yes, sir, please tell me everything you know about who brought these items in. He explained that there was two men who took, you know, took it off their truck and just brought it in. Little homegirl asks, do you mind giving me photocopies of their IDs? What? Um, Dude, the huevos on this girl are heavy, all right? (laughs) Understandably, he was a little hesitant and asked why she needed it. 
She explained that the furniture was stolen from her grandmother's house. This seemed to change everything. And the pawn shop owner gave it up like a prom date. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't even have to flash her badge or anything, right? No, she probably had it on. Come on. I'd find any excuses to wear that thing. (laughs) I still wear mine from when I was a junior district attorney. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it's just a Captain Crunch badge that came free with the cereal. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) That's cool, too. Like, official taste tester. (laughs) Armed with very clear photocopies of the thief's valid IDs, they hop back into the car and go straight to Popo headquarters. Skirt! (laughs) Jessica said she got out of the car, totes feeling herself, thinking, okay, I think I solved this crime. What? Yeah, you did, boo. This is freaking awesome. (laughs) That just tells me that her mom didn't praise her enough. And like, are you kidding me? If this was my daughter, I'd be giving her high fives the whole entire way to the police headquarters. (laughs) Been buying her all the cherry uh, Gatorade that she desires. Right? Whatever she wants. I'll give you four badges. (laughs) Just kidding, right? (laughs) It's all her shirts all heavy. (laughs) Little Jessica found the officers handling the grandmother's case. Let me tell you what she said. Play a little tiny clip for you. Um, So I go inside of the police station and I find the officer, well, the investigator who is on the case. And so I pass it to him and I say, hey, I did your job again. (laughs) And um, on this form, I have like the IDs of the guys who did it. So now you guys can go out and arrest them. (laughs) And then um, the police officer, well, the investigator, he said, well, we can't quite do that. We got to, we have to do our own investigation. (laughs) I did your job again. That's what she told him. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, she thinks for sure justice is going to be served for her grandma and her mom. And sadly, the police still push back, stating it's not that easy. They still have to do their own investigation. So let's recap here. A child (laughs) has given you not only the names and addresses and copies of their valid IDs. (laughs) Any normal person at this point would probably step back and say, okay, cool. They have everything they need. I'm just going to like chill and wait for them to tell me that they've been arrested or something. Right. Is that what you think you would do? Yeah, it's unlike the police were waiting for those people to turn themselves in so that that way they wouldn't even have to go out and get them. (laughs) Turn themselves. Right. You're right. And turn themselves in is pretty, yeah, I would imagine that's all they needed now. Just hand it on a silver platter. (laughs) That's so strange because of all the podcasts that we've talked about that involve law enforcement, they've always been so willing to cooperate and help out. (laughs) (laughs) When they're getting this stuff, given to them like it's literally getting given to them i'm really surprised that there's any pushback but boss baby jessica did not take a step back (laughs) she probably (laughs) reasoned something like well just because the police has to do their investigation doesn't mean i have to stop doing mine (laughs) she bravely tells her mom to go to one of the addresses on the ids It probably sounded more like, Mom, I double dog dare you to drive to this address. (laughs) They hopped in the car, skirt, they go to one of the addresses, and they said, oh, we're just going to go for a quick look. Let's see if anybody's outside. 
wouldn't you know, a young man and his mom are hanging out outside on the porch, completely unaware. The young man looked a lot like one of the ones in the IDs. (laughs) Without regard for her own safety, she instinctively hops out of the car and beelines straight to the suspect. Jessica's mom had to probably park and run after her mom. I'm telling you, if that was my mom, you'd hear something like, Benate loca, or something, right? <laughs> Which is like, hold up, crazy. She calmly walked up and said, Que rollo? No, I'm kidding. No, she didn't say that. <laughs> she calmly walked up and she said, very matter-of-factly, hello, I'm Jessica. And he nicely responded back with a hello. And she tells him, you look very familiar, sir. And whips out the copy of his ID. And she asks him, is this you? (laughs) And he questionably affirms like, yes, you know, like one of those types of things. And at this point, his mom butts in and says, okay, like what's going on? Jessica asks if he knows about the house on the street. She gave the street name because of course she can't really say it on the podcast uh, of where the grandma lives. And she says, you know that house? And he said, yeah, I know that house. So she coyly asks, did you take some furniture and take it to the pawn shop? Dude, like point blank. (laughs) (laughs) He was smart enough to know when he was cornered and he was honest, which I have to say was really great. She asked him if he broke into the mother's house. He admitted it. Suffice to say, his mom was shocked to find out about her son's criminal activity. (laughs) Jessica and mom once again, hop in. Where do they go? Back to the Popo. Back to Popo headquarters. Skirt! <laughs> Where they find them reading the newspaper, eating donuts, smoking cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> she tells the lead investigator, okay, I found one of the suspects and I got a confession. <laughs> so clearly at this point, there was nothing else for the cops to do. And Jessica dropped the mic slash gavel. Case closed. The pawn shop owner was nice enough to give back the stolen items. And when Jessica Nancy Drew returned uh, back to the assistant DA camp, everyone was asked how they got to use their recently learned skills in in their everyday lives. Uh, I think it's safe to say that Jessica won. (laughs) Not that it was a competition, right? (laughs) I would like to see one of the other sixth graders show her up. Dude, right. The last one is just kind of cute and heartwarming. Moving on to Roseville, California, Logan Holtman aspired to be either a detective or a teacher. He's really cute because he doesn't even know. And they're both like on complete opposite ends of the spectrum. (laughs) He was 10 years old at this time when this happened. He was out in the neighborhood playing with a friend. And down the way, there was two other friends playing, two little girls. A helicopter was overhead and it was making an announcement kind of repeatedly saying that there was a 97-year-old woman that was missing and to be on the lookout. Apparently, she had dementia and she must have walked out of a senior care home. Logan rounded up the other two girlfriends, and not the girlfriends, right, but the other two friends that were girls, (laughs) and he set a plan to help find this elderly woman. They walked the nearby trail, found nothing, so they agreed to go have dinner real quick because they had been looking for her since like 4.30 or something. They said, okay, let's go have dinner. We're going to come back afterwards. And that was exactly what they did. But before, Logan took some snacks. How cute are his snacks, first of all? Granola bars and Go-Gurts. What? (laughs) (laughs) Super adorable and healthy, 
when I was 10 years old, I would have packed like bags of Cheetos or Funyuns and Gancitos. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would have had some M&Ms among the snacks. Yeah. Well, these kids ended up finding her <laughs> just before it got too dark. And they brought her back. They tried to make her comfortable. They got a hold of the police. And his friends came by. They waited also uh, along with, you know, just to make sure that she was going to make it back safely. And to celebrate, they had a little party in their treehouse and watched TikToks while they munched on goldfish. Oh, this is so cute. <laughs> the police sent them a little thank you care package. It contained a Kit Kat, a gift card to Studio Movie Grill. It sounds kind of like an Alamo Draft House. And a personal thank you note. All the kids got the same thing. And it was really adorable because she, the criminal host, when she asked him why he was so moved to help this old woman, he didn't even hesitate. And he just replied very plainly. Because she needed help. <laughs> it was so cute. I sincerely loved that answer. And I do wish that we could all be more helpful and more like this little kid. I agree. That's my last one that was a little more endearing. Again, probably more so not like really a criminal case, but they still helped up the police. Yeah. It was a no Dr. Claw, but <laughs> I'll give them a break just because they're kids. All these kids seem to be very innately helpful. And um, I don't know, I just, I found this whole episode, like, it was so cute. I was like, if any kid tells me that they feel like they can't do anything, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, let me tell you about this little girl, Jessica Maple. or something. <laughs> <laughs> so now you have something to tell your godson. I took notes throughout the whole episode. Cayente. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> <laughs> any, uh, any parting thoughts? Any ones that uh, stuck out specifically for you? No, I thought they were really cute. They are cute. Yeah. A little break from our norm before we go into the spooky. Mm. Mm, that's what I'm looking forward to. Me too. <laughs> well, congratulations, lovelies. You've done it again, folks. You've learned along with us. Next time you see someone in need or needs help, be like any of these kids and offer your help. We hope you've been entertained by our chat. And invite you to join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review. Tell a friend. Subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at GreetingsTAC. Email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669 if you have a story to share with us. Or if you just want to say hello. Hello.